Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. We are officially on episode 22 of the show. So if you're new here, go and check out the other 21 episodes in the archives just waiting to be listened to. So I'm here today with Lynn of thewisermiser.net. Lynn is the money maven behind the Wiser Miser where people feel better about their money with tried and true ideas that go beyond the basics in a no shame safe zone. Helping the self-employed handle that old familiar cash flow roller coaster is her nerdy specialty. So I can't wait to chat with Lynn about DIY bookkeeping and let's dive right into the episode. Hi Lynn, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to chat more about bookkeeping with you. So before we dive into the episode, kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Yeah, so my name is Lynn Summerman and my business is The Wiser Miser. And I started... um, So I do bookkeeping, obviously. I also do some personal coaching with clients who just need help with their finances a little bit more broadly, not necessarily in their business. And I started that side of my business first a couple of years ago, really just as a response to um, having learned the hard way myself how some of that stuff works. So having had a really hard time figuring out my money and how to budget and manage it and all of that stuff. Um, And having figured all of that out and having other people just sort of come to me and say, Hey, I also don't know what I'm doing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And then sort of as that, as that blossomed, I saw a real need for business owners who sort of had a similar feeling about their business finances. And and there was a, an assumption that if you're in business that you know how to run a business rather than you're just good at the thing that you do. And now you're trying to make money on it. Um, so that's sort of where I come in is helping business owners figure out that stuff without feeling bad about themselves or necessarily feeling like they were supposed to have this all figured out. Um, and I think that's, that's a big thing I see with people is everybody thinks everyone else has it figured out and that's not the case at all. So I'm sort of there to help them figure out the financial side of things. Um, having come from a place of, you know, I get this, I've been there. So. Yeah, no, I think everyone kind of has that um thought in their head like oh you know everyone else seems to know what they're doing but we don't mm-hmm. we're just we're just winging it too but no one knows what they're doing <laughs> especially like, nobody with if you're not a finance person it's not going to come naturally to you um if i didn't if i wasn't with my husband then i would be lost in space without him because yeah. i don't know anything about business finances and he has an accounting background and his parents also had like a business as well so he is involved in like both more corporate businesses and like a small business type environment. So he kind of has experience with that and it's a lifesaver because yeah. I would just be lost. I mean, I know the basic things that you're supposed to do because I did some research, but you know how you're supposed to save 25, 30% of for taxes and things like that. But all the other crazy things, it's like no one has that general knowledge. So it's yeah. always good to have someone who is in your corner that um, can help you with those financial things that you aren't necessarily good. Yeah. Well, and even us financial nerds weren't born knowing this stuff. We had to learn it. We're just maybe more 
inclined to be interested in it. And, you know, and for me now it feels very easy and um, because it's something I do every day, the way that, you know, what my clients do every day feels very easy to them. That would feel very foreign to me. Like if I had to do their jobs, I would be completely lost in the water. Um, But from their perspective, they're like, this is just what I do every day. Of course, this is what I do. So it's just, I wasn't born to me either. So, but yeah, that's definitely something I see. Everyone thinks everyone else has it together and that's just not the case. <laughs> it's like, no, they, they have someone who does their taxes and accounting stuff. They have mm-hmm. someone who does like, you know, business management and things like that. Like everyone mm-hmm. has their strength. And once you get to the point where you can hire out, then you do that because mm-hmm. being a solo business owner is a lot of work. Cause you have to it's do a ton of work. Pretty much everything. Um, until you're able to hire out or you got lucky and have someone who's in that field like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the burning question, what is the difference between a bookkeeper and accountant? I don't, I don't think I really know this much, but I think that the, the big difference is whether it's sort of day-to-day stuff or more big picture um, stuff. So bookkeepers historically have been sort of your day-to-day number crunchers the person who's making sure that at any given time you know what transactions have taken place in your business so um who has paid their bills what bills do you have coming up um what how much money do you have in your bank accounts um and historically accountants were more focused on okay how do i take that information and sort of make that mean something i think in today's world where more people are doing their books they're using tools that sort of incorporate financial reporting capabilities um the the line has gotten a little bit more blurred i would say at this point bookkeepers tend to be more Obviously, it's still the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, tend to also, I know with my clients, for instance, I do financial reporting for them. And then for some of my clients, sort of depending on what um, how they're working with me. For a lot of those people, I also do some advisory services. So sort of taking the information that the bookkeeping tells me and then using that to make decisions about their business. So what is this actually do for your business? How do you use this information and make business decisions? And that's something that um, some people had relied on accountants to do in the past, but accountants now are largely tax focused because especially corporate tax is so complicated in this country um, that we really, really need tax experts. And so accountants really have sort of become the tax experts, um, which is a role I am happy to leave to them. <laughs> I, I, I know enough about taxes to sort of guide my clients, but have a couple accountant favorites in my back pocket that I recommend people talk to when they get really detailed stuff because mm-hmm. that stuff changes so quickly and, and is so important. So, so I would say that's sort of the day-to-day. Bookkeepers tend to be more in the nitty-gritty, whereas accountants are more tax-focused. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think that's a good clarification for our listeners here because, yeah, a lot of people are just like, I need an accountant. It's like, you may not even really need an account. You may just need someone to help you, yeah. you know, with your books and things like that. Not, not Yeah, or you might need both. Yeah, you know, depending on your, your uh, business and things like that. Yeah. Um, so taxes, I know you said that's not something you're super familiar with, but I know it's a topic that people are 
probably really <laughs> into right <laughs> on their mind, especially this time of year. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, uh, what? I didn't do anything last year, so it's time to get my stuff together so I can, you know, mm -hmm. be prepared for April. Um, so what, like, what is one thing you just recommend that people do when they're just preparing for their taxes, like in advance? You know, a lot of people kind of forget to do those advanced things and tax time rolls around. They're like, Oh crap. I didn't do any. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> what information is an accountant even looking for? Um, so I think that we tend to overthink this, you know, we panic about it. You know, we start to think of this like enormous, huge thing that requires so much work and really what it comes down to in order to prepare your taxes, your accountant just needs to know, all of the money that has gone in and out of your business in a given year. Mm -hmm. um, and the level of detail, they're looking for things like, how much did you spend on contractors? You know, how much did you spend on office supplies? You know, it doesn't need to be, I mean, ideally you want to have very, like a pretty good detail on that. You want to have like a date where you spent the money, what, how much you spent and what it was for and what date you, you know, so I went to Staples on, May 15th and I bought $27.13 of office supplies. You know, that's sort of the level of detail that you're looking for there. You also want to have a similar level of detail for things like when a customer paid you, mm -hmm. for what did they pay you? And, you know, and it doesn't need, I mean, it can be like as general as like one-on-one -on -one services or a course revenue. It doesn't need to be, you know, you don't need to get too far into things. Um, and then you just want to have that information. It can be just in an Excel spreadsheet. It can be something that you pull together. I mean, you'll pay more for a, a, an accountant if you just give them bank statements, but they can work from that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why having separate bank and uh, business and personal banks is so critical. Yes. I mean, there are tax and legal liability reasons for that as well, but but really it just makes getting stuff together so much easier because you have a single place to look for the answer to the question of where did my money come from and go this year? Um, you're not going through every single line of your bank account being like, was this business or was this personal? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. You just sort of have the one place to look. So really what you're looking for there is you want to gather all of that information and put it in some format that your accountant can read is really what you're looking for. Um, and all of us sort of depends a little bit on how your business is incorporated. But if you're a sole proprietor, you're a partner, you're an LLC, um, all of those, even most S-Corps, S-Corps will be a little bit more complicated because, but generally speaking, like really what you want is just where did your money come from and where did it go? Mm -hmm. um, and what, what was it for is really what that comes down to. Um, I love to see when people can make some basic financial reports. So that report I just talked about, like grouping it up into types of expenses in a formal statement, that's considered a profit and loss statement mm -hmm. or an income statement. And really what that gets at is that that's also helpful for you as a business owner to tell you things like how much am I profitable this year yeah. and how much, how much did I actually make after you take out the expenses? Yeah. Um, and that's not only helpful from a tax perspective, that's, that's sort of the number that your tax, your income tax is based off of, Of course. but it's also the number that tells you like, how did I do? Am I doing okay? Like, did I do better this year than last year? Like that's really, really critical information yeah. for you just as a business owner, even aside from the tax stuff. Um, 
So in a nutshell, that's really all an accountant is looking for. There's forms that they want that in. Different accountants have different forms, but really a profit and loss statement, also known as an income statement, is great. Um, a balance statement you'll hear a lot is um, not, no, not required for federal reasons, but can some states require that? And really all that is is how much money did you have at the beginning of the year in different forms? So, you know, assets. So that's like money in your bank account, money sitting in your PayPal. Mm-hmm. Um, how much money did you owe to other people? So that's like credit card debt for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, any business loans, stuff like that. It's really, it's not as complicated as it seems. It's just sort of these like formal structures and these formal forms that accountants have historically put it into. And the way they describe these things is not very approachable. Um, but it's really not as complex as it needs to be. It's really, where did your money come from? Where did it go? How much did you have at the beginning of the year? And how much do you have now? Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to have some information about things like how much of the business owner's money went into and out of the money. So if I put transferred money from my personal checking account into my business account to cover some things and then later paid myself some money, get, you know, transferred money back. I just want to have some detail about like how much was that? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just doesn't need to be this complicated. Um, and then as your business grows a little bit, you want to look at things like cash flow statements. And really cash flow is just when did money come in and when did it go out? And is it going to be enough? Like, are you going to have enough at the moment that you need to spend it? Yeah. You know, so you can be profitable over the course of the year, but if all of your expenses come at the beginning of the year and all of your profit comes at the end of the year, you're going to, your business is going to end up closing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, even if you have a wildly profitable business, if it's not timing right. So, but from tax perspective, it's really just what were the transactions and depending on some other things, you may want to have a balance statement, which is just, what you start with? What do you have now? Makes sense. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's not, it doesn't need to be as complicated as people make it. Um, it really doesn't. And even if you have like an accounting software that you use, um, like I do, um, a lot of them have those reports automatically built Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Cool. And I, I love looking at my profit, profit and loss statements, even though it's like super nerdy to say. I'm like, it's it's interesting to look Not at. to me. <laughs> I love it. I, but it's funny because a lot of people, like, they don't really think about that. They, they think about, okay, well, they don't really take out the expenses, like, in terms of businesses, I've noticed from my personal thing. They're like, oh, this is how much I made this year. But I'm like, but does that include the money that you took out for expenses? And they're like, no. So it's like, yeah. it's not really how much you made this year. Um, right. which yeah, I have clients who make, you know, I have, if I have two different clients that made a hundred thousand dollars this year, one of them will have a net profit of $50,000 and another will have a net profit of like $12,000. Yeah. And then I have other clients who make a hundred grand and they have a net profit of 90 grand. And you're yeah. like, these are really different businesses because they're managed really different ways. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just interesting that like a lot of people don't like remember to include their expenses until they mm-hmm. look at that like profit and loss. Exactly. Well, and that's going to help you. Like if you're looking at it and you're like, I made so much money, why don't I feel like I have any more money? Yeah. That's and, why. And same with me. I mean, I was in my first year of business. So of course there were a lot more startup costs than there were normally mm-hmm. in regular years. Um, so I ended up not making um, like a ton of money, but I still like did not come out negative so right, I was so profitable yeah I was like okay yeah. this is a good sign you know yeah not the best year I could have ever had but not 
Definitely. Yeah. Well, when you're launching everything, you know, when you're like, I have to launch a website and then you start peeling that back and you're like, so that means I need a web designer or I need, yeah, I need coffee, really nice. I need photos, I need design. And you're like, yeah, oh no. <laughs> like giving it all away. And I mean, you're not in your, in that point of your business, you're not making what you would be making in your year two through five. Exactly. Um, so you don't have the same kind of money that you would be able to, um, you know, to originally do those designs and things anyway. But um, yeah, so that's always interesting to kind of look at. But hey, if you can come out not in the night of your first year, I think you're doing yeah. okay. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's like sort of what they talk about when they say pay attention to the bottom line. The bottom line is your net income. So, so after your expenses, what are you left with? Because that's really where you, that's your, yeah, it's your income, but then you still have to pay taxes out of that. So that's, you know, yeah. easy to be like, well, I made, you know, I had a, 10k month and you're like did you <laughs> did I you know, really <laughs> I know that's like the buzzword right now having a 10 20 30k month but it's yeah. like but did, is that like before taxes or after you know right is that after you paid <laughs> someone to do all of the work like yeah especially as you start to grow um i know i've experienced this and i see this with my clients all the time you start to grow and suddenly especially if you're in this sort of business where you're the creative entrepreneur, where the, your business is your brain, it is your services, it is your creativity. That means your time. Mm-hmm. You only have so much time. So as you start to grow, you start to, you have to start to leverage that out. So you, suddenly you have a VA working for you and you've got a copywriter working for you and those people yeah. cost money. Yeah. Um, and and they're, not, they're not cheap for good reason. They do yeah. really important stuff. Just like we're not charging zero dollars for our services. They exactly. Make money too. Exactly. And, and it's one of those things that's where cash flow gets really, really important um, because it's a timing thing. Um, so if you invest, you know, a thousand dollars into a new sales page, that's not going to make you a thousand dollars right away, but it will make you a thousand dollars, but it might be six months, a year from now before you see that return. Yeah. So it's like, you've got to, you've got to have the timing, right? And it just gets so critical. So I know I talk about cash flow a lot with my clients because it's um, just one of those things that I've seen bad cash flow kill a really good business. Yeah. And it's like one of those things that people don't know as much about. They've heard about expenses and profit and all those things, but they don't Mm -hmm. know like the general terms that you would know. Right. Um, So in terms of like, helping your clients do you have a particular favorite software that you use to make your processes easier yeah so i have software that i use with my clients that i like a lot um but what i tell people is the best software is the one that you use you know whatever you will actually use so especially if you're doing it yourself um if you're going to hire something out like i have software that i like to use for my clients but it's it's designed for accountants and bookkeepers yeah um, it's just not designed like, so I, uh, with some of my bigger clients, I use a tool called zero it's X E R O, which is great. Um, it's sort of a QuickBooks online alternative. Um, and it's not that hard to use, but it's designed for people who are a little bit more advanced in their business, who know these terms, who understand what an income statement is and know what that means and how to produce one. Um, I also use, um, there's a tool called you need a budget or YNAB, which is not a business piece of software. It's a personal finance software. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
with a little bit of tweaks, it makes a fantastic small business accounting software. Uh, it doesn't do reports very well, and it sort of, sort of requires that you build it sort of export that and manipulate it in Google Sheets or Excel or something, but um, it has the benefit of having a little bit of a cash flow view built, built into it, which I love. Um, but I have clients who love FreshBooks. I have other clients who love Wave. I have clients who love QuickBooks. I mean, like I said, really what it comes down to is whatever you're going to use. I really, um, I haven't played around too much with FreshBooks, but I really like their interface. I think it looks very easy to use. Yeah. yeah um, use as that. a bookkeeper, I get nervous that you can't reconcile. It's not like double entry bookkeeping, but for like most people, if you're just looking for a place to put your information that you're actually going to go into, that you're going to understand, you're like, I need to get back and focus on my actual business. Then mm -hmm. something like FreshBooks is a great op option. Yeah, that's what I use. And I, I like it because it's, it's easy to use. It's not confusing. And I can also, um, you know, put contractors on there as well. And they can track their time on there. And it automatically shows me how much awesome. time people are spending and stuff like that. So it just like makes things a lot easier because a lot of people have to use like toggle and then they have to use um, mm -hmm. accounting software. And I just like having it all in one place so that I don't have to go and look at toggle and then go and look at my accounting software. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that's, I mean, that's my preference for right now. Um, the only thing I don't really like understand is like when I pay myself, there's no way to really like showcase that within FreshBooks. So yeah. that kind of makes it difficult, but um, it reflects when I pay my contractors, which is good. Right. That's a little yeah. Complex, it's but. really like FreshBooks seems to really be, invoicing first it's like very heavy on like okay i want to make sure that i can pay people and and sort of as a side note i can also track my other expenses yeah, yeah. so its focus is really there so it's very strong there and if for most for like a lot of freelancers and, and small business owners that's just sort of what you need yeah yeah for me it works right now i mean once i expand and have you know more contractors and i need like a legit payroll i've heard that gusto integrates really well with it yep I love Gusto. Yeah, so really I'm easy to use. Going like and adding that on as like a, you know, kind of supplementing each other. Yeah, um, Gusto has fantastic customer service too. Although I, I like I said, I have I don't have. Um, there's not many companies that I haven't been pretty pleased with their customer service. Zero has great customer service. Um, Gusto is really great customer service. Um, Gusto is very easy to use too, which is nice. Yeah, you can, see, once you've got it set up, you can run payroll in like five minutes. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I hear all these ads on other podcasts about it, which is funny. Um, and they're like, I, I like seventy-two percent of customers spend less than five minutes on their payroll, and I'm like, oh, look, you're like, sign me up. <laughs> I was like, yes. Like once I actually have like. A lot more employees because right now it's just me and one other girl then that's something I'm definitely interested in like looking into but um. yeah well and what's nice about having a, a system like that is when you go to do 1099s at the end of the year which are basically forms for people who you contractors are just reporting to the IRS what you paid them um, and people sort of misunderstand that they think it's for the contractor that the contractor needs that and to file their taxes it's actually more for you. the person who pays them yeah. So you can sort of say, yes, I'm allowed to deduct this money. Look, I have these forms. Um, exactly. But something like Gusto or something like, um, I know Zero has payroll built into it, things like that um, sort of give you an all-in-one solution, which is great. Um, yeah. yeah. The simpler you can keep it, the more likely you're actually going to keep up with it. And mm -hmm. that's sort of where I go back to is like, whatever you're actually going to keep up with is the solution for you. 
And yeah. for some people, they're like, I want a, an Excel spreadsheet. Great. Do it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you're going to keep up with, do that. Yeah. And for me, it's like, if it's, if it's just an Excel spreadsheet, it's, I, I'm not going to keep up with it just because to me, it's like too much work. Yeah. It's in, and I can't like, you know, there's reports, but I have to go in and do them myself. And I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. And unless you're like a financial nerd like me who wants to see them split into 20 different ways, you don't need that level of detail. Exactly. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so going on to like expenses. So what are things that business owners can write off as expenses that are like not as common, like, you know, as just like office supplies, just things mm-hmm. that people kind of forget when they're like going in, writing off some expenses. So you want to think about things like your, so, so there's some confusion about things like cell phones, for instance. So you can write off your cell phone to the percentage that you use it for business. So I use my cell phone almost entirely for business. I basically, sometimes I text my mother, like that's (laughs) the rest is all business. Um, So, but you want to, you know, figure out a calculation and be like, okay, if I pay a hundred dollars a month for my cell phone and I use 80% of that for business use, then you can write off 80%, $80 a month for your cell phone. So, um, you know, that's something to think about. Um, other things, there's some, you know, some of this depends a little bit on your business. So there's some obvious ones. We talked about office supplies. We talked about paying contractors. Um, we talked about, you know, things like just your subscription. So Zoom and your scheduler and your website and all of those are pretty clear. Um, I know some things that I ran into this year as I was revamping my website is that um, I had, so I got new photographs done and I could write off the cost of the photographer Mm -hmm. um, and I could write off the cost of getting my hair styled, but not cut. Mm -hmm. And I could write off the cost of getting my makeup done but I couldn't buy any makeup and write that off because really the point there is that you want it to so in that example like the idea is that this is for a special event and it doesn't benefit me outside of my business so I'm getting my hair styled but if I got my hair cut that's something I take home with me yeah like sort of ridiculous oh and you're like I mean okay But those are the sorts of things um, you run into. And really the, the rule of thumb is like, is this a typical business expense for your industry? This is so thinking of, if you want to think of like, okay, is this deductible? Is the IRS going to like roll their eyes at me? If I deduct this is really sort of what it comes down to. It's sort of like a sniff test. Is this a typical expense for this industry? And do I need it in order to run my business? This is a reasonable expense. Um, so in that case, you can sort of get a good sense for, for where that is. Um, some people try and write off, um, especially as business owners, we want to write off things like, well, I, I had to buy nice clothes to go to networking events, not a write-offable expense. Yeah. Clothing is very difficult to, to yeah. justify the cost you can wear of. Those any, any day, even if you're not going to yeah. networking event, you could wear it to dinner if you wanted to. You know? Yeah, so. you could wear it lounging around the house if you wanted yeah. to, even though you never would. Yeah, um, exactly. But other things too, so if you have a business trip, um, you obviously you can deduct the cost of the travel and your hotel, but you can also deduct, um, you know, half of the cost of your meals. Mm-hmm. So if, or if you're, or even if you're home and you're taking a client out for lunch or something, going out for coffee with a colleague, you can deduct, you know, 50% of meals. Um, some of this stuff is changing a little bit starting next year. So previously you could deduct, of the cost of entertainment. So if you took a client out to a baseball game, you Mm -hmm. can deduct the half of the cost of that and you won't be able to do that anymore. Um, 
but um, you know, business development. So if you're buying gifts for your clients at the holidays, for instance, you can deduct, it's up to $25 per person. So I know like I sent nice cards to my clients and I sent small, like I sent like, you know, boxes of chocolates or a small thing of tea or something to my clients, like just something that's like thoughtful. That's, um, you know, not too expensive. So those are the sorts of things that are deductible. Um, but then on the flip side, things like a Spotify subscription that everybody has and wants to write off as a business um, expense. Um, some of your, I mean, this will vary by account and some accounts will be like, Oh, that's fine. We'll write it. We'll put it in. And other accounts are sort of more hard line with it. I know that I, my business actually pays for my Spotify, but I did, I part, categorize it as part of my owner's pay because oh. I'm like, this $10 a month is important to me. Um, but it is technically not a required business expense. So those are sort of like the, the lines that you have to cross. And this is why having an accountant is so important. And this varies so much from, from accountant to accountant. I have clients who are photographers, for instance, and um, who do destination photography mm-hmm. um, as part of their, they also do like local photography. But um, one of them in particular, her accountant has her write off every single vacation she ever takes. Because he, as far as he's concerned, she's scouting out locations. <laughs> and other people would just never, ever do that. <laughs> so, so this is going to just vary a little bit of um, your level of comfort and your level of um, comfort of your accountant. But um, because a lot of this is just gray area stuff. There's some things that are obviously quite a bit more black and white. Um, yeah. But, um, but there is sort of gray area stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was that was definitely helpful because you know those are a lot of those things are things I do right off, but it's always nice to see like and hear about the things that are a little more like ambiguous, and you're like, oh, can yeah. I- <laughs> you're like, is this okay? Yeah, I know a lot of bloggers because I'm also a blogger in addition to having my business because I do both. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the girls are like, can I wrap off clothes? And I'm like, no. Like, I mean, no. I'm not an accountant, but I just, no. Clothes, no. No, never. You're not a UPS worker. It's not a uniform. Right. If it's not a uniform, you can't write off yeah, clothes. Yeah, but it's so funny. Or same, like you mentioned makeup. You can't like go to the store and be like, I'm a beauty blogger. I'm going to get a lot of makeup. Like, no. Yeah to you from PR companies and it's not even free because then you have to you know tell right. the IRS that you got them right right yeah it can be really it can be really tricky um yeah it but a good like a sniff test if you were if the IRS was sitting in your office and they asked you is this a legitimate business expense would you be like well um <laughs> Yeah, would you be able to say yes with a straight face or would that's, you? And that's really what it comes down to is like, can you with a straight face, this is a necessary business expense, um, in which case, go ahead and deduct it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's very helpful. And I think a lot, like people have questions around that more often than we think. So yeah. great. Um, let's now dive into the three questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. Sure. So what does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? So that's a great question. So I love having my own business for a lot of reasons. I love um, being my own boss. I love setting my own schedule. Although this time of year, that means I'm working like 12 hour days (laughs) because there's no one to tell me to go home because I'm already (laughs) home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I love, I, you know, I really love the community of 
other women entrepreneurs that I have found actually that has been a really fantastic and surprising thing that I have found is just a community of other people who are just trying their hardest and learning along the way and supporting each other and just being really fantastic colleagues and friends and, and clients and, you know, people who support, you know, we support each other. And I, I've loved that. Um, you know, I also love things like when, it's lunchtime. I just get to walk down the hall and have lunch with my daughter who's, you know, she's almost two. And she's, every time I open my door, she's like, mama. And I, 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 you know, I just love being able to be there for that. Of course, then I hate having to go back in my office after lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That's more of a struggle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, some days more than others, (laughs) but it's, um, I, I just love that flexibility of getting to sort of decide what my day is. I also have been surprisingly loving having people who work for me. Um, having, when I worked in the corporate world, I've, you know, we've all had the experience of having a bad boss and and seeing what an impact on your life that makes. Yeah. So I love being able to turn around and being a good boss to somebody. Yeah. I, I like that too. I mean, I only have one girl right now, but I plan on doing a lot of expansion this year because I have a social media marketing agency and I want to turn it into more than just myself. So yeah. um, I enjoy working with people and like, you know, connecting the client with my team member and then like being, you know, that overseeing that instead of actually doing that, um, work. And I I pick girls that I know will work well with my clients. And they usually are people who are already bloggers and other business owners as well. So they are very familiar with, you know, how everything works. And it's just so nice to be able to have girls on my team that are really similar to me and that, you know, they connect well with my clients as well. So I'm not having to do um, you know, all of the work or the work I don't necessarily prefer, like virtual assistant type work. I do more of the social media management side versus, you know, just the day-to-day scheduling and, you know, long threads and things like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. it's nice to outsource that. I totally agree with that. Yeah. on your team currently? I have two people that work for me very part-time. Um, but I love, I love both. I love like the work that they do. Both of them really, they do different things, but I really love um, that. I just have people that I can really trust and lean on and just be like, I'm just going to like throw some stuff your way and know that you're going to do a great job with it. Like I don't even need to think about it. I'm just like, I have gotten the right people here and I can just trust them and lean on them and know that they're on it. Um, Which I think also in turn allows me to really show some genuine appreciation for what they do which I know from when I was sort of on the other side of that, that just meant so much to me. Yeah. You know, obviously we do work because we get paid to do work. I wouldn't necessarily do it without it and I wouldn't expect them to either, <laughs> but having some good appreciation and like good communication and it allows me to just sort of practice having, you know, just being a, a good manager, which just is really nice because that can just have such a ripple effect in someone's life for better or for worse. Yeah. yeah I've definitely had bad bosses in the past and oh, yeah, it definitely affects your quality of life. It makes you oh, hugely. Even sometimes it you can take it home, which sucks too. Yeah. Yeah. Then it starts affecting your family. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think we've all had that situation. It's never a good time. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, what is your favorite tool that you are using in your business? This can be like you know something digital or like a physical planner or something like that. Just what helps you run your business effectively? Hmm. 
You know, so I would say the two things that stand out to me when you ask that I have, so the tool I mentioned earlier, you need a budget, which again is like a personal finance tool, which is sort of how I started using it. But then when I started running my business, I started running my business in there. And it's been just incredibly helpful just to have like a good pulse check of like, how am I doing? Because it has sort of a, a budget and a, you know, cash flow sort of stuff built in as well as the transactions. So it allows me to see sort of what's coming down the pike and be like, is this month going to be a good month? Is it going to be bad? Do I need to take some money out of savings to cover that bill? Um, and then the other thing I've been really loving the best self journals, which I started seeing because like, I, I'm sure everyone is sort of like had like a billion Facebook ads being like, oh, this yeah. is the best journal. Um, but it has a similar, both of them have a similar idea of sort of taking the resource that you have. So with YNAB, it's your money and with best self journal, it's your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and divvying it up like to until you have all of it allocated. So with the best self journal, you really look at it and go, I have this much, this many hours in a day and this many hours in a week and this many hours in a quarter. Like what, do I need that to do for me? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is the end result? And then how do I reverse engineer that? And YNAB does a similar thing with your money. So you're sort of saying, this is the amount of money that I have right now. What do I need and want this money to do for me? And with the journal, it's what do I need and want this time to do for me, which just changes the equation so much. And also just helps me recognize, I know with my journal, I'll, at the beginning of the week, I plan out like, okay, these are my appointments that I have this week. This is what's going on. This is my, this is like my sprint goal for the week. And then I look back and I go, oh, I'm going to need some help. <laughs> and I can, I can see that before it's happening, before I'm like drowning in work. Yeah. Um, it's always beneficial for sure. Yeah. And then, then I can look at it too. And then um, I use Asana a lot, which is a, I love um, for sort of just as like a place to put all my tasks. That's a good way to look at it too and go, okay, I've got some time this week. Let me look and see like, okay, who did I want to make lunch plans with? Like, who did I want to try and like get on a virtual coffee chat with? Like, let me see if I can connect with them this week. Um, so I love just that the time and money sort of resource allocation tools. Those are great. Yeah. And I love Asana too. It's really helpful because you're able to, you know, plan out everything and make sure you're not missing out any thing with you know your week or if you have a big launch coming up or things mm-hmm. like that yeah sauna is like my outsourced brain <laughs> yeah i feel like people are either a sauna or a trello or trello yeah yeah and i actually use both which is kind of weird oh do you yeah i don't know i find a sauna better for when i'm working with like clients and then personally i like to use trello for my own stuff so like my podcast workflows and trello because i'm the only one who deals with that mm. for like when i'm working with clients and i have to like check off tasks for them to see i like it on there because it's like easier i don't know it's just it's it's interesting well, well like we were talking about with the accounting tools whatever works for you is what you yeah. should use <laughs> yeah so that's just kind of how i do it and people are like what and i'm like no it works like and if it works it great. works for me so. <laughs> And then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Like the person that just like, you feel like they always have a wealth of knowledge and you're always feel inspired when they are, you know, posting or speaking and things like that. I would say probably Ash Amberger, who runs, um, a, her company is called the Middle Finger Project. And it is sort of exactly what you're expecting. Um, she's very like, no nonsense, like cut right to it. Um, 
you know, if you don't like swearing, she's not your gal. But uh, <laughs> but I really like how she just gets right to it. And she's also just like just a wealth of information. She's been in business for a really long time. Um, she's very into sharing that information. She has a Facebook group that I'm in that is um, just fantastic. Um, but it's, um, I've really loved getting her, like her emails just like cut right to the heart of it and have really actionable stuff in there too. And then ask you really direct questions that helps you really understand what's going on. Um, so I just sort of like eat up everything that she puts out. I'm just like this one to the ends of the earth. <laughs> I feel like we all have that one person that's like, okay, I open every single email that they ever yeah. send. And for everyone else, it's like, no, I get your emails, but I am very selective on which ones I open. But yeah, there's some people that I'm like, okay, I just need to read this because I'm I know. Well yeah. And then you're just like, okay, how do I be more like that? Like, how do I be more like the person who you would just were like, you know, I think she had something last year where something like something absurd that was like so expensive and so like, but it was like fly to England or something and have like a fancy photo shoot. And then she would write some copy for your website. And of course it was like exorbitantly expensive, but it was just, and it was like three people. And I was like, oh my God, how do I come up with like, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars I'm like where how am I going to make this work and okay like you're not like that's what's like you just can't do that right now but it was just like my brain immediately was like how do I make this work because yeah. I I love everything that she does and I know that it's going to be really good for me um so yeah that that really what that comes down to is like okay how do I like how do I make my clients feel like that about me yeah it, that's like the goal I think at the end of the day like you just want your clients to you know eat up everything that you do or even just your subscribers in general even if they haven't worked up worked with you exactly yet. You want to make them want to work with you yeah um, and I think that's hard because it's so hard <laughs> especially when you're more client facing it's hard to kind of craft all those emails and all those other things that it's not at work <laughs> yeah you're already working so much with your clients it's hard to do all the stuff for your own business that's how I feel at least. I'm like, so is, yeah. my social media looks like a hot mess right now, but everyone else is looking good. I know. <laughs> but, I know. Just, just this morning, I was like looking through my checklist of like clients who I need to finish up their, you know, end of year books closing. And <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, and I have to do mine. I, <laughs> oh, that's right. I have to make my own 1099s in addition yeah. to my client. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I need to call my accountant about my books too. Yeah, my, my own stuff right. is a lot. Like it's just it's obviously your clients come first, but it's kind of, of course. Times but you're right. You, when you're working in your business, it's really hard to work on your business. Yeah, too. yeah. That's why people usually end up, you know, outsourcing and doing all those <laughs> other things, so they have more time to do other stuff with their that's own. Why everyone has a VA now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what but yeah, so tell everyone where they can find you, like your um, social media handles and things like that. Yeah. So my website is thewisermiser.net. Um, you can find me on Facebook at, I think all of my social media handles are the wiser miser, except for Instagram, which is wiser miser Insta. I'm the only company I think out there called the wiser miser, except for a travel agency in England. Um, <laughs> so if you, if you Google it, you'll find me. Um, but yeah, the wiser miser.net is my website and I've got, um, Lots of resources on there for business owners, sort of on their business side, as well as personal stuff, budgeting, bookkeeping, managing all of it. Um, so lots of resources there that I keep up to date pretty regularly. So 
Awesome. Well, I'll link all of your handles and stuff in the show notes. And also I'll look on your website and find like a resource that I really think would be awesome and link that directly too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. I really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 22. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.